Amen. Take your Bibles this morning, if you would, whoops, and turn with me to John chapter number 14. John chapter number 14. It's always good to be here, always good to see uh, friends and, and then to see visitors, new people that I haven't met before. And then uh, sometimes you just have to deal with some old friends that show up like a bad penny, you know. And uh, 50 years ago, wow, think about that, buddy. 50 years ago, uh, I was preaching for Jim Barnes at Faith Missionary Baptist Church in Indianapolis. And I was a young rookie preacher, and I was as nervous as a cat on a tin roof. And I, I got up to preach, and I said, so, you know, I'm going to do my best tonight. I said, uh, you know, sometimes I get a little long. I said, if you get done before I do, just wave your hand and uh, say goodbye. And so my good friend Buddy, he put, stood up and raised his hand and went home to watch his favorite TV program. But I'm glad to tell you, Buddy's grown up since then. Amen? And so we've been friends 50 years, a long time. And when I'm up this way, he, he uh, usually comes by to hear me preach, and I uh, that's an honor to me. I thank you, buddy, for coming today. And thank you all for coming today. If you found John chapter 14, I'm going to invite you to stand with me for the reading of the Scripture this morning, if you're physically able. If not, I sure understand that. <clears throat> John chapter number 14, <clears throat> and I want to begin reading in verse number 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also. And whither I go ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you now and we just join in with the music we just heard and say we're thankful for that old rugged cross. And we're thankful for that day uh, when uh, uh, you call us home that we will enter into your presence and into that wonderful place called heaven. And so we thank you for the scripture that we've read, and we pray now for the anointing of thy spirit to be upon the preacher this morning, upon the listeners, that we might uh, be good hearers of the word of God, and then we might respond to it and be good doers of the word of God. So have your way now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I doubt if there's anyone uh, in this congregation that at one time or another has not uh, given thought to the place called heaven. Uh, I know this, that the polls indicate that uh, 70% of Americans believe in heaven. By the way, that would have been in the 90s percent back in the 50s, and that has slowly gone down. When it comes to hell and things like that, it's about 40%. But 70% of people say, we believe there's a heaven. I know this, uh, having preached uh, scores of funerals over the years, Brother Jack, you probably have experienced this as well, 
Uh, it doesn't matter how vile a person is in that casket. Everybody's talking about, well, they're in heaven now. Uh, the reality is that not everybody who is talking about heaven is going there. Can I say that again? Not everybody who mentions heaven and thinks about heaven or talks about heaven uh, is going there. Uh, most of us understand the issue of heaven. Most of us have uh, buried a loved one or a friend, and we've stood by the casket at the graveside, and uh, we've mourned in our heart. But because we knew the Bible, and because we knew what God said about heaven, uh, we mourned, but we mourn not as others which have no hope. Amen? We rejoiced in the fact uh, that our loved one uh, was in heaven. And so this morning, I, I just want to talk to you about this subject, heaven, a wonderful place. Heaven, a wonderful place. I just want to give you a few thoughts from our text this morning about heaven. Number one, heaven is a real place. Amen? It is a real place. We look in our text here, and in verse 2 he said, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where you are, uh, where I am rather, ye may uh, be also. So God says it is a real place, this place called heaven. Dr. R.G. Lee, who uh, was known as the as the silver-tongued silver orator of the uh, Southern Baptist Convention, was on his deathbed and Adrian Rogers tells the story how uh, that he temporarily went into unconsciousness. And most of you that have been around people who are dying, you know, they sleep for a while, they awake for a while. And, and so Adrian Rogers said uh, uh, that uh, Dr. Lee kind of uh, awakened from uh, that uh, unconscious state. And he looked over and he said, I preached about heaven many, many times, but I never did it justice. I never did it justice. Uh, I don't know what he saw. I, I'm not going to get into that uh, mystical area or that gray area. I know people talk about uh, they went to heaven and came back. Not so. Uh, I, I don't know what God allows people to see as uh, they're getting ready to go to heaven. I, I had a, a good friend, still have a good friend, up in the northwest, and his grandfather uh, was a well-known uh, evangelist. Uh, and uh, uh, he was on his deathbed, and, and so he called all his grandkids in and gave them the laundry list of what he expected uh, out of their lives. And, and then Dennis was the last one to go in, and so he told Dennis, Dennis, make sure you do this. Dennis, make sure you do that. And I'm getting ready to go home to be with Jesus, Dennis, and, and I want you to make sure you take care of this and keep preaching the gospel and don't you turn back from what you believe. And, and then he kind of went into a little period of unconsciousness, and then he woke up again, and he looked over to Dennis, and he said, Dennis, do you hear that? Do you hear the beautiful singing? Oh, Dennis, heaven is everything the Bible said it was. I don't know what God allowed him to see as he was ushering him into the eternal bliss of heaven, but I know this, uh, based on what I read in the Word of God, heaven is a real place. Amen? It's a real place. How do you describe heaven? Years ago, uh, my wife and I were visiting a, a lady in our church in Massachusetts, and 
her husband had had a massive heart attack, and it was touch and go all through the night. And, and uh, so we decided we would stay there at the hospital. They didn't have any place for us to sleep, so we found a little room off to the side there and asked if we could just sit in there, and we did. And somewhere in the middle of the morning, she uh, kind of uh, woke, uh, woke up long enough to say to me, Brother Turner, uh, what is heaven going to be like? Uh, listen, I'm telling you, how many of you have been to the Grand Canyon? Anybody been to the Grand Canyon? Uh, so I've been to the Grand Canyon, and I tell people, listen, if you, don't, uh, if you don't do anything else, put that on your list. Go to the Grand Canyon. It's a magnificent place. And people will say to me, what is it like? How do you describe something so magnificent? I mean, it's unbelievable. It's hard to describe. It's massive formations that stretch as far as the eyes can see. Uh, it's differing formations that puzzle you. How could it be like this right here? And how could it be like that right there? And you think, my, I've never seen anything like this. The clouds hover over those formations and the rivers flow gracefully down uh, through those formations. And somebody says, what does it look like? How can you describe it? And somebody said, Brother Turner, what does heaven look like? My friend, I can't describe it. And I know that the apostle, when he, he was carried up into the heaven, he said, I can't even speak about what was going on up there. It is a marvelous place. But this I can tell you today. Heaven is a real place. Amen? It is a real place. I want to say secondly uh, this morning that not only is it a real place, that place that God created Himself in the beginning, God created that place that God says He looks down from. It's His lofty, holy habitation. That place that the Bible says uh, God is His is in the highest. He, he's above all the clouds. He's up there in that great lofty position. But I want to say secondly that Jesus wants you to be there. Jesus wants you to be there. You say, where do you get that in the text? Well, let's look at it. In verse 2, in my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place. I love this for you, for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there, ye, ye may be also. Listen, I want to tell you, the message, and I've tried to, I try to herald this out everywhere I go in a world that is so confused, amen, in a world that has turned uh, topsy-turvy, in a world where nothing seems to be make any sense. I'm glad that I can go to people and say there is a real place called heaven and that God wants you to be there, amen. He wants you to be there so much. He wants you uh, to be there uh, that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I want you to turn over to John chapter 17 with me in verse number 24. And if you're turning with me and you get there, would you say amen so I know you're there? All right, John 17 and verse 24. Uh, the Bible says here, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me, notice this phrase now, be with me where I am. Where is he? He's in the heavens. And he said, I want, my, I want these people uh, to be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, uh, 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 for thou hast loved me before the foundation of the world. When my dad passed away uh, in 1995, I 
I knew I was going to preach the funeral, and I began to struggle over what text to use. And God led me to this text. You know, have you ever thought about this? How many of you have been by the bedside of someone who is dying? You've been with them at that time. Now, keep your hands there a minute. If, if you were there until they actually died, keep your hands up. The rest of you put your hands down. And so many of you have been by somebody who was dying. Am I right? All right, put your hands down. How many of you would admit that if it was someone you loved, you, you might have well been praying, Lord, would you let them live? And Father, would you let them stay here? And I was thinking about this the other day. Jesus is meeting, having a meeting with the Heavenly Father, and He's saying to the Father, Father, I will that they uh, whom Thou hast given me be with me. He's praying that God would allow them to come and be with him. We're praying that God would let them stay here. I thought to myself the other day, that's kind of a formidable person to pray against. Amen. I mean, God said, Jesus saying, bring them on home. I want them to be where I am. Can I say something to you this morning? It ought to bless your heart to know this morning that the creator of the universe, the sustainer of the universe, the all-sovereign God, the all-powerful God, the all-knowing God who gave himself on the cross to die for you, not only wants you to know there is a real heaven today, but he wants you to know that he wants you to be there. Amen? He wants every man and every woman and every boy and every girl to know uh, that he cares about them and that he wants them uh, to be there. In fact, turn with me uh, to the book of 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter number 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. I love to just go and let the Scriptures do the talking for us. Amen? 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4 and verse 13. Follow along now. Verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, do you believe that this morning? Oh, that wasn't very good. I said, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, do you believe that this morning? Amen. That's better. Even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. And it says, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. Now look at me. Those that are in the grave will rise first. Do you remember that from Scripture? The dead in Christ shall rise first. I, this is something else. I, as I get older, I think a little differently than I did as a young preacher. And I was standing uh, at a graveside recently, and uh, it was a young boy, 26-year-old boy. I was preaching his funeral, a great young fellow, had a, a heart transplant, and the heart failed, and, and he died last year. And I was, I was standing there, and I'm thinking, wow, this is the last thing we can do for this family. And normally uh, at the graveside, I'll say something like this. We've come as far as we can in this life with so-and-so. And there's nothing more we can do but uh, to give them to the Heavenly Father uh, who, by the way, loves them more than we love them. Amen? And has promised to take care of them and to receive them into His bosom. And so all I can say is that we've done all that we can do. It's the last thing I say uh, at that uh, cemetery. And I was thinking it's the last thing we do. But when Jesus comes back, that person in the grave, it's going to be his very first 
order of business. Amen? To bring those up out of the grave. And I'm glad, aren't you glad this morning, he's not sending an angel. He's not sending a band of deacons who went on before. He's, sending, he's coming himself. The Lord himself is coming to take us to heaven. Amen? He loves us that much. And he wants all of us, he wants all of us uh, to go to heaven. Number three this morning, I want to say to you that we must be saved if we're going to go to heaven. Amen? We must be saved. Can I tell you something this morning? Religion in America has become very complex. It's become complex because religiosity can never take anybody to heaven. You see, you can be quite religious and quite lost. I say quite lost, I mean separated from God. In fact, the Bible says that when we're born into this world, that our sins have separated between us and God. Uh, Isaiah 59 and verse 2. The Bible said, all we like sheep have gone astray. The Bible tells us there is none good. No, not one. I've done a lot of funerals, as I've said, and I always hear this at the at the graves, I mean, at the uh, casket. And I understand, I understand the emotions going on. And they'll say, oh, I'm just so glad that they're with Jesus now. I mean, they had no faith. They had, they had no uh, uh, testimony of ever trusting uh, the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. But they just kind of preach them into heaven, you know. Uh, everybody's going to heaven. Everybody is going to heaven. You know, God isn't going to let anybody go and burn in a fire. That's, that, that part we reject. We just believe that everybody is going to go to heaven. But I want to tell you this morning, the Bible that says that he that believeth is not condemned, but he that believeth not, say it with me, is condemned already. Why? Because he has not believed in the name, the only begotten Son of God. He's not put faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, I'll tell you, I'll be 70 in January. My body's weary, but I'm trying to stay on the trail because we're living in a day when even preachers are afraid to preach the new birth. Even preachers are afraid to confront uh, people with the fact that if you've never put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, my friend, you are already condemned. You're already on your road to an eternity without Christ. You're already on your road to an eternal lake of fire where the, the smoke of your torment will ascend up forever and ever and ever. And there'll be no rest, neither day or night. And I say to you this morning that God uh, has created a real place called heaven, and He wants us to be there. But we cannot be there until we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean we just believe that God's in heaven. Everybody believes in God, really. I, I mean, listen, even the atheists, when the bullets are flying over his head, will say, oh, my God. Even those that tell me they don't believe in God, they use his name all the time. Uh, am I right this morning? I mean, they believe in God. They just don't want to let God have His way in their life. The reality is this morning that no one will go to heaven because they were in a Sunday school class all their life. Nobody is going to go to heaven uh, because they uh, helped Aunt Susie across the street. 
Nobody is going to go to heaven because they're a decent person. I know a lot of really decent persons. And can I just say this? This is a horrible thing to say, but it's the truth. Sometimes I meet some more wonderful people that are just lost as a goose that don't know anything about Christ. And sometimes I see Christians treat each other as the very worst. That we Listen, I don't even understand all that. But I'm just here to say to you this morning, it doesn't matter how good you may think you are, that God says that our good works don't match up to His good holiness and we cannot expect to go to heaven unless we've been born into the family of God. Amen? Why? Because your first birth is deficient. It was full of sin. And that sin cannot enter in to the kingdom of God. Are you all hearing me this morning? Aren't you glad God's not going to let heaven be like this place? Think about that. Why would we want to inherit heaven in the same condition we're in right now. I, listen, I, 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 know, I don't know when I'm going to go to heaven. I, I'm ready right now. If the Lord's ready, I'll just tell you this morning, I'm thankful it's going to be different there. It's going to be a place where there'll be no sin. Amen? I'm thankful for that. And that's why you must be born again. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. You must put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Savior. You say, but I've been baptized. Baptism cannot take away your sin. Baptism is only a picture that your sin has already been taken away. Church membership can't do it. There's nothing that can do it but what we call the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? What can take away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Jesus shed His blood. And if this morning you will acknowledge you are a sinner and you will come and put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can be born into the family of God. And then the wonderful promise of heaven uh, can be yours. Number four, and lastly this morning, I want to say to you, not only must you be saved to enjoy this place, but lastly, it's a perfect place. It's a perfect place. Boy, I think about heaven. I look at what John said. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. It's a perfect place because a perfect God is there. Amen? A perfect God is there. It is a perfect place this morning because we'll be in the presence of Almighty God. Would you turn to, uh, to Revelation chapter uh, number 21, please? Revelation chapter number 21. It's a perfect place. The Bible describes uh, heaven uh, so magnificently. We know it is a place that has streets of gold, gates of pearl, all of those wonderful things. But here, here's what I want you to see. Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. And I saw a new heaven. And a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a, a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people, and God Himself shall do what? He shall be with them and be their God. We're going to be in the presence of an almighty God. And then we're going to be out of the presence of all the things that are so sinful in this life. Look at verse uh, number 4. 
He said, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. I'm going to tell you, uh, pain is something I've had to learn to live with. Some of you uh, understand that and go through it all the time. Some of you have loved ones that go through that all the time. I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to the day that everything operates correctly. Amen? I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that day. Uh, when there'll be no more pain, there'll be no more sorrow, there'll be no more going to the uh, to the hospital, Brother Jack, to visit people who are so sick. I, in the end years of my pastoral ministry, back around 2005 to 2010, I retired from pastoring in 2010. Uh, my wife will tell you I used to go to the hospital. Maybe some of you know what I'm talking about, and someone would be in the throes of death, and and uh, they begin to have that chain breathing, and then that death rattle begins to set in. And, and I tell you, there, I don't know how many times, Jess, that I've stood right there, and, and, and I was breathing with them, and the pain was mine. And I, and I would say to my wife, i I got to go into the hall because I thought I was going to have a heart attack because I was literally immersed in that person I loved. That was my church members, and, and I wasn't wanting to see them go. And, and I began to feel all that pain, and it transferred. And sorrow was setting into my heart. And I'm thankful that, that there's coming a day, amen, and Jesus is going to come, and He's going to empty out the graves. You ought to say hallelujah for that, because you've got some people there, amen. going to empty out all the graves, and then we which are alive and remain, we're going to be caught up to meet them in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord, and God's going to fix everything. I say, He's going to fix everything. It's going to be good. It's going to be a wonderful place. It's going to be a perfect place. <laughs> you know what? There won't be any, uh, there won't be any more gossiping in heaven. Hello? There won't be any more revenge in heaven. There won't be any more bad stories that we pass on. Yes. It'll be a perfect place. I don't know about you, but I look forward to that, don't you? I look forward to that. It'll be a perfect place. Adrian Rogers said it like this. I listened to one of his messages on heaven. Always thought he was a great preacher. Kind of in the wrong group, but a great preacher. And he said, heaven is the presence of all that is good. And it is the absence of all that is bad. Kind of sums it up, doesn't it? It's a wonderful place. But I want to repeat this morning. You can't go there unless you know Jesus as Savior. You can't go there unless there's been a time and a place when and where you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. I was a six-year-old boy when I got saved. I'll never forget being up on that up on that chair, that high chair. My mom zipping around that bowl on my head, giving what they called back then a haircut. It was really an embarrassment. Anybody ever have those kind of haircuts back in the day? Oh, yeah. That's why we're all so crazy. We were embarrassed so bad. Amen. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful that even when I was just a little boy, there were preachers preaching the gospel to me. And there was a mama going over the plan of salvation with me. Amen. I was in uh, at Liberty Baptist just a few weeks ago for their 70th anniversary. 
And uh, Kathy Hedel-Bradovic was saying to me, she, she called me over and she said it was right there, right there where your mom gave us the plan of salvation and told us we needed to be saved. My parents weren't perfect, but I'll tell you one thing. They kept us in church and they gave us the gospel. Amen? And the reality is, as a six-year-old boy, I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And I know this. Are you hearing me this morning? I know this. I'm born again. Amen? The old life has passed away. There's a new life. And that new life assures me of a place called heaven. And it assures me that Jesus is coming again and that He's going to take me home to that place called heaven and that He wants me to be there with Him that we might behold His glory. I don't know about you. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that face-to-face event. I'm looking forward to bowing my knees in the presence of an almighty God and saying, Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. I'm looking forward to no more sin, no more sorrow, and no more weeping. For all the former things shall pass away. I don't know, but I'll tell you, when I, God gave me this message, I, I said, Now, what do I title this? And I, my heart just kind of sang out, Heaven, a wonderful place. It's a wonderful place. I'm glad I'm going there. And I want to say to you this morning, if you're not sure you're going there, today you can become sure by putting your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Every head is bowed. and I'd ask that everybody just be respectful. I wonder how many of you could say this morning, Brother Turner, I agree with you that heaven's a wonderful place, and I I can tell you this morning that I am 100% sure. Listen up now, everybody. I am 100% sure that if I died today, I'd wake up in the presence of Almighty God with my sins forgiven and heaven as my home. I know that there's been a time and a place when and where I receive Christ as my Savior and ask Him to forgive me of my sin and to be my Savior, and He became my Savior, and I'm ready, I'm ready when He comes back to receive His own. If you know that this morning, I'd ask you, could you just slip your hand up as a testimony? Now, don't put it up if you don't know. I beg you, don't lie to God. Don't lie to God. Please don't lie to God. Thank you so very much. Shall we put your hand down now? I wonder if there might be someone this morning, say, Brother Turner, thank you for the message. I felt I felt what you preached. I I get what you said. That heaven is a real place. That Jesus wants me to be there. That I can't come there without knowing Him as my Savior. I can't go to that wonderful and perfect place. This morning, I'd just like you to pray for me, Brother Turner, because I'm not sure if I died right now I'd go to heaven. But I'd like to be sure. I'd like to settle that in my heart today. I'd like to know that if today I passed away and they took me over to the funeral home and prepared me for the grave, I'd like to know that I'm just absent from that body and present with Almighty God. So, Brother Turner, would you pray for me this morning? I want to be sure that Christ is my Savior, that my sins are forgiven, that heaven, that wonderful place, is indeed my home. Is there anyone like that this morning? You let me pray for you. Just slip that hand right up and right back down. You don't need to say a word. Just let me pray for you. Is there, is there one anywhere? Just slip the hand up and right back down. I'm waiting just a moment. Pray for me, Brother Turner. I want to be sure that Christ is my Savior. Anyone at all? I wonder then, for those of you that know you're saved, listen now, 
What are you doing to take others to heaven with you? What are you doing to take others with you? We talked about soul winning in the, in the Sunday school hour. What are you doing to make sure that the ones you love, your relatives, your, your, your children, your grandchildren, your neighbor, the people you work with, what are you doing to assure that they know Jesus Christ as their Savior? Oh, I tell you, there ought to be a revival of God's people hitting the altar this morning and saying, by the grace of God, I'm going to get active telling people about Jesus. And then I want to say one last thing. Maybe you're here today, sure of heaven, but you're not living like you're sure of heaven. There's sin in your life. There's, there's stuff in your life that doesn't belong. As a Christian, it's, it's not becoming of you to live the way you're living. You ought to come this morning and just ask God, forgive me. I know I'm your child, but I'm not acting like you're my father. So I want you to help me, Lord, to cleanse me of all this activity that's wrong and sinful in my life. Would you let God have his way in that matter? Let's stand to our feet. I'm going to pray, and then I'm just going to ask the piano this morning to play a couple of verses of invitation hymn like she's doing now. I don't think we'll even sing. I just want our hearts to be very sober. Very sober. And I want to ask you, what are you doing to help people go to heaven? I want to ask you, if there's sin in your life, come, come, even while the piano plays, come and say, Lord, I want to get this settled with you. If you couldn't raise your hand a moment ago that you're on your road to heaven, my dear friend, why would you sit back today? Why would you stand in the pew and not respond? Now, Father, I pray for thy will to be done. I am not the Holy Spirit. I cannot convict people of sin. But I certainly believe that you can and have. I believe that you've gone about in this congregation today and you've spoken to hearts. What a tragedy for one to be spoken to and not to respond. Help them to come today. According to your will, I pray in Jesus' name. Heads are still bowed. Eyes are closed. Piano's playing. If you need to come this morning, would you come? Would you come? I'm not going to beg you. We'll have a verse or two and we'll be done. So would you come this morning if God spoke into your heart? Is everything really right between you and your Lord? Are you living in a pleasing way to the Heavenly Father? If not, you ought to come. How long has it been since you told a soul about the Savior? How long has it been since you led somebody to the cross? We don't have a revival of that in America. We're doomed. We're doomed. We're already seeing the results of uninterested believers, uninterested in carrying out the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. Heavenly Father, just a moment. Brother Jack, I'm sure, will come and dismiss the service. We're thankful for those that have come and those that are even coming now. Pray that you'd have your way. Oh God, help us not to be callous. Help us not to be able to sit through a service and not feel your spirit minister to us. Lord, I know we're in the last days. I understand that. I understand that there's a movement away from the things of God. I understand that we're a lukewarm church across America. But God, I I believe there can be some people fired up during this time that will give their all to Thee and serve You with all of their heart. 
Would you have your way? I pray you would in Jesus' name. Those of you that are still in the pew, if you'll just go ahead and be seated. Let's let these at the altar just remain in an attitude of prayer. Let these at the altar have time uh, to deal with whatever God's spoken to their heart about. The rest of you can be seated.